exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio Studios in Lake Wales, Florida home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Long ago, Bowler's Journal International called Phantom Radio a pioneer in the field of bowling podcasts because the show was regularly scheduled at the same time each week. The late Kegel owner, the great John Davis, told Len Nicholson to start this program because, quote, people need to know what you know, end quote. This PBA and bowling writer Hall of Famer has now recorded over 1,200 shows and has featured over 425 guests since 2002. 20 years plus of bowling knowledge, story sharing, and true expertise. Phantom, we need to know what you know. So Phantom fans, here's your host, Len Nicholson, The Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company. So go to kegel.net. Well, Phantom fans, here we are doing show number three of three of the Dave Bowles Unbelievable 1989 Story. Week number one, we learned about his early years. And then last week was show number two, and we learned about his teen years and how he improved and started bowling high-level scratch events. Then he entered the prestigious PBA Western Resident Pro Championship. He didn't bowl in the practice session or the Pro-Am on Friday because he was in Las Vegas bowling in another event. Well, he almost won that event in Vegas and was happy with his game uh, when the President Pro Championship started in Mountain View. He bowled good again in qualifying on Saturday, making the 16-man finals field. All right, we've brought you to Sunday morning, the day of the finals. So what did you do that morning? Anything special, Pards? No, just, uh, you know, that many days in a row bowling back then, just they always had a good rhythm, had a good feel. You know, every, everything was, was clicking. That's the best I'd ever bowled up to that point in my life. <laughs> okay, well, you bowled pretty good in the qualifying. Uh, do you remember where you qualified? I'm going to say... Somewhere right around the middle of the 16, maybe like, I don't know. I, I don't think I was any higher than seven at, at best. All right. So you bowled eight games. Then we took a break for lunch. And I remember seeing you in the bar at lunchtime and you were laying on a couch and uh, somebody said you were sick. I said, sick, you guys bowling good. He's in the top 10 at least. So I went over and see how you were. And I guarantee you were green. And I said, Dave, are you all right? And you said, no, I'm, I'm pretty sick, and I don't know if I can go. And, I, and you got a bowl because the, the alternate's not here anymore, and if I get somebody, they're going to be somebody really low in the field, maybe 40th place, and that's not fair. You, you got a bowl. And you said, well, I'm sick. <laughs> so I wonder if I told my girlfriend, I said, man, he's sick, and I got to go do a bunch of book work. She went over to you, and I saw her talking to you. What was that all about? So my very last shot 
of the morning eight game block. I'm 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 looking at the scoreboard. I can punch out two shoot two seventy, and I'll never forget it. I left the Greek church, and for some reason, that just set me off. I got so irritated. I'm like, you know what? Hey, I'm bowling good. And then just like just a horrible break. I still won the match, but something inside of me just got so worked up and it carried through to lunch. I tried to go eat and it was like, it was like, uh, whatever happened triggered that, that <laughs> chills, fever, weak, uh, cold, it bad, just, just, there was no gas in my tank and I didn't know what, was, I felt horrible. Lady says, I have something that will help your stomach. Would you like to try it? I said, I'll try it. To this date, I remember the name of it. You and I do. It was called Emetrol. And it's just a little candy medicine. It, uh, it got to my stomach. And I, okay. Didn't have that like queasy feeling. I'm like, I'm going to get a little long-winded. You explained to me later that, boy, if I would have bailed, like there's no alternate. <laughs> All those guys were halfway home. So... If I bail, it's just like a, a mess. You, 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 like guys are taking a blind or whatever they would have done in that case. I get a little bit of pep in me and, you know, okay, uh, uh, let me see if I can go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I remember you say, I'm going to give it a try, but I don't know. Well, the only thing I was thinking about was I got to go find a porter because if he throws up, I'm not cleaning <laughs> up because you were staggering out the, the, the bowling lanes. You threw the first couple of shots like one mile an hour, and I thought, oh, man, he's not going to make it. I'm getting out of here. So I went down the other end. Next thing I know, this, they started the last six, the last eight games, and you were playing. So what happened after that, Forrest? What happened when you bowled like uh, game number nine in the finals? Do you remember? <laughs> I do. It was, uh, you know, I, I had no pressure on me. It was like, okay, just like, <laughs> just fill the, fill the spot. I'm like, I felt like a pacer in a sense. I bowled 200 on the nose, two zero zero. Both my entire body, including my brain was just like slow. And I was like, you know, I just, yeah, I had no energy. Well, as the game went on, maybe a little, maybe a little adrenaline kicked in. I remember the first shot in the tenth. I threw it slow, and I'm like, "Oh man, I don't. Uh, this is going to be a long seven game." But well, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, let, let me say this part. I remember going back down after you bowled the first game. You're bowling the second game, and I'm looking up, and you were in twelfth place with <laughs> like seven, six games to go. And I'm thinking, "Well, right. good. He's on his way. He's going to finish." I don't have to do all his book work and all that kind of stuff. And so go ahead. What happened after that? Okay. So that was game nine. That was game one of that, that's that, that last eight game block. The next game, whatever, whatever this little medicine, whatever you, name you want to call it, voodoo, whatever. <laughs> I got a little bit of a pep from it and I bowled 240. I want to say I bowled like two. And I'm like, eh, okay. I found it, found a shot on the lane which in the last show I referenced, like bowling at Camino Bowl in Mountain View, having bowled a monthly eight gamer, there there would there was a trick of like, if you could stay to the right, just kind of stay outside of the track, the ball would just kind of lay there and, you know, set up really nice. And, you know, it was just, okay, get it off your hand, good. Stay under, stay behind it, you know, hit your mark. And that showed up, that, that ball reaction showed up. Second game of the block, 240. I think I won. And it's funny you said that. I never knew that I bottomed out about 12th place. So, hey, okay, 240. I win the game. Hey, okay. I, I'm, I'm bowling carefree. 
I'm like, you know, every zero pressure, zero, zero, anything on myself. It's just, Hey, just, just get through the games. I remember looking around the field and it was a pretty strong finals field. Now you got about six games to go, something like that. And I, you know, I didn't even think about you making a run, but I looked up with five games to go and you, you bowled another big game. Do you remember what that one was? 250. I'm not going <laughs> to, I don't remember the exact, I don't want to say 256 or something like that. So the momentum from the, the game before 240, 250, like I said, I kind of knew the house and uh, that, that, that part of the lane showed up and I could play it. I, I had, I had the ball reaction in my life. Not knowing it, I'm just, man, I'm just trying to get through, not make you have to do all your extra work. But you do so much work at a tournament anyway. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, I know people are going to want to know, did you use the exact same ball that you used the day before? Yes. And go now, ahead and re repeat what that so was, because a lot of people might not have heard last week's show. Yes. It was an Angle Plus AMF brand. As as I got down the road, uh, knowing the people, getting to know people in the in the bowling industry, uh, Pam Buckner, who was the Ebonite rep at the time, had been a lifelong Ebonite staff member. She said, oh, we Ebonite made that ball. She goes, that, yeah. That ball was like another ball from the Ebonite line. I go, oh, I really like that ball. So I'm kind of, okay, cool. Okay, they explain why that ball rolled so well for me. All right. Let's say uh, you had five games to go. Uh, did you look at the scoreboard to see where you were about, you know, Never. with five games to go? Do you remember? No, the only thing I looked at was what lane am I on next? About that time, okay, I still got five games to go. My stomach started getting queasy again. Oh, no. Yeah, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm going backwards. <clears throat> the lady with the Emmetrol, she says, take one more spoon. <laughs> she says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember it was like, okay, you can't eat or drink anything for 30 minutes. I said, hey, just, just, I just want to survive. I was in total survival mode. So after the 250, I, I pop off another 240, and the, the stomach was starting to settle, and I was, I, I was, I don't want to say numb, but yeah, I was just bowling carefree. It's like, eh, just, you got, I got no pressure. I just, just finish the tournament, get the finish line. Yeah, I, I glanced at the scoreboard. People said you were making a rush. And I thought, you know, I'm going to take a look, see what he looks like. I looked at you. I never saw anybody as calm in my life as you. Uh, <laughs> you had four games to go. Uh, there was no way you were going to win the tournament, but you were making a good check. And I'm thinking, well, he's got four to go. Uh, let's see what happens. So I, I walked away because I went in the office because I always have to have the top five checks ready when you guys get done to call it the top five. And uh, I was getting all all that kind of stuff ready. So I didn't see game four. What happened on game four with four to go? So, yeah, like I said, the 200 start, 240, 250, 240. Now, I am kind of looking around, and I won those I, I won those three matches. And I'm, I'm inching my way up. There was that goal, hey, top four gets to go to the national finals for this event. All expense paid trip, but uh, yeah, you know what? Let me see. Let me. See. I got a good shot. Let me just keep, you know, keep at it and see what I got. Now, game five of the eight in the afternoon. That is probably the one game that I remember distinctly. Bowling a really good friend of mine, Matt Ballard. We we had traveled together on the tour that year. You know, he's like, hey man, you're bowling good, and I go, you know, hey, I was sick earlier. I'm just, you know, I'm glad I got through it. Blah blah. So I go strike, and I ring a ten. And we both commented like, "Yeah, the rack's bad on that lane." I said, "Okay, I got to, I got to watch the rack." Pick it up. I throw strikes all the way, 
through the night. So I got potential 280 and I get up and I'm on that same lane that I rang a 10. I have a bad rack again and I had used up all my re-racks. So I said, well, I got to throw it. Ring in 10. <laughs> Pick it up, strike 259. I, I'm bumped up and I want to say I'm sitting in six, three to go. <laughs> you So you were six. Uh, about uh, how many pins were you behind first? Do you remember? Not a, not a clue, Len. Okay. I know shooting, you know, uh, you know, picking up 200 pins plus bonus in four games. That's like, that was like a a great run. I'm like, Hey, I got, I got, I got a shot. I know the house. I'm comfortable. Ball reaction, everything there. I just had to make good guesses when I went to the pairs. Cause I was like, okay, there's, I can strike. I just have to get lined up quick. You got three to go. Do you remember who you were going to bowl with three games to go? not without looking at the score sheet, which I still do have a copy of, but no, no, I don't. Okay. Well, let's give the fans a rundown. What happened with three games to go? Okay. So I, here I am, I'm going, I'm going from the low end of the house, kind of to a part of the house that I knew I went to 11 and 12. You know, you and I know why I remember what pair I was on lane 11 specifically. You and I know why. So I have to start. I know that lane's kind of a little bit tight down the lane. So I made sure I stayed under it really good. I carried a messenger on the first shot. Now, a messenger in 1989 was like a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the pins didn't fall over that easy back then. So I said, all right, I'm close enough. And I just made good shots. And before I know it, I get the front 11. I get the last hit. I shoot 300. <laughs> cool. All right. Now you got two games to go. You just shot 300. Did you look at the scoreboard to see how far you were behind at that point? No, I was in third place. Okay. And at that point, I said, all right, I just got to maintain. I got this amazing ball reaction. You know, here I am now. What, what is that? 300 over for five. That, and, and you did the lanes. <laughs> you get full credit for giving me the best ball reaction I ever had in my life. And uh, I remember we had, I had to move down farther down. I was, I was on 22. So I'm on a part of the house that hooked. I hooked a lot. I hooked earlier. Yeah, right in front of the desk. I think I right taught you that desk. one time. Yeah, we, you and I have gone over. We didn't call it topography back then, but there were characteristics in the house. Yeah. And that's a that's a gift, and I I I am so appreciative of that information. I actually will walk into a bowling center and look at it like a golf course because every pair of pelly is different. Yeah. Uh, take that take that and run with it, everybody, because once you learn that. You can learn how to cross a house. So right. first shot, I'm on. Yeah, first shot, I'm up on 22. I know it's hooking. I make a big move left, kind of let my hand kind of twirl around it to get it to the wall of skid, and I trip to four. So I get the first hit. I go, okay, all right, all right, good start. Game progresses. Strike, 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 strike. And that that right lane got easier, and obviously I made another move. And right, now I'm hitting flush. I got the front 11 again. And I catch the last hit. So my first PBA 300 was followed by my second PBA 300 back to back. I'm 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 not. I'm honestly I'm 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 locked in. I'm in a zone. I didn't know it. Locked in in a zone. And like I said, ultimate goal: make the top four, make it make it to the National Rising Pole Finals in in Florida. So now you're like in second place or third. I'm not sure, but. Uh, with one game to go, it's a tradition that the last game was a position round match where 
Bower number one faces Bower number two, three versus four, and one last chance to improve your position. Well, we had to take five or ten minutes to go figure out all that kind of stuff. And so I'm doing all that bookwork. I get done. We call out the lane assignments. And there you are, bowing for the title. And I got the five checks in my hand. And I go down to the pair that you're bowing, the guy, the leader, Jerry Buckholz. I'm shaking like a leaf because you're on, on a 900 three-game shot. And, yeah, and I look yeah. over at you, <laughs> and there you are, deadpan, not a smile, not a frown, nothing. And I'm shaking like a leaf. I can hardly even hold the checks <laughs> in my hand. And, and, the and timing, yes. <laughs> oh, well, I was just going to say, well, uh, you had to beat him by how many pins? Do you remember to, to, with the bonus to go by him? Do you remember the, what that situation was? Part that's even better than that, the beauty of the, just the, the luck of the situation, I catch the second 300. Jerry Buckholz, the late Jerry Buckholz, had – a couple he had a hundred over game six and seven i passed him with the second 300 so i'm actually the leader <laughs> going into the last game we're on 11 and 12 now here i am i get to start on 11 where two games ago i had just shot 300 on this fair and i get to go back and i'm thinking like oh, okay that's this this is lining up pretty good like wow okay it's like okay hey execute new shot i i didn't even think that it's like just get lined up and, and you know hit my target line. That was I, I had I had my thought process back then was pretty simplified. I remember how the match starts. Okay, Go ahead. eleven. I give us a rundown quickly. Okay, so I get up on lane eleven. Boom, strike. Jerry gets up on lane twelve. And here I am. I I I had an advantage. I just pulled on that pair. He gets up and gets the spare. Okay, I was already leading. All I have to do is win the match. I'm already up strike spare. Okay, he catches a strike. We match strikes through seven frames. He's spare, six bagger, I'm front seven. Okay. He pushed me, which is which was good. That definitely added to, you know, me keep strike strike. He leaves a bucket in the eighth frame. I'll never forget this. And I look up and I look and I said, if I get a strike in the eighth and the ninth, I'm gonna shut him out. And I that that I'm very good at math and kept score by hand, growing up and all that backwards. And that hit me right when you turned around and looked at me. And I had this look on my face. I need to throw two strikes to win this tournament. I'm like, whoa, two good shots. I think I got two good shots to me. You happen to turn around and look at me. And I just smiled at you because it's like I, I knew. I go, I go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull this off. <laughs> it was unbelievable. You know, I, you did it. We had a presentation. I look back, the place was pretty much full for a Sunday uh, on a regional. And again, half the crowd was in costumes, kids running around, <laughs> super, Superman. It's still being a lot of weird stuff. And now it sets in because everybody's celebrating. <laughs> I got to call Ted Hoffman to, <laughs> to tell him you know, that we had a 900. He's going to fire me because we're supposed to have a tough shot. And anybody th thinks that a 900 is easy it's not easy because of what happened so i gotta i gotta interject this part uh, we, we do all the celebrating and, and all the book work and i'm still sweating calling ted and, <laughs> and so i call him up he's up in reno at the proprietor's meeting and i'm dreading talking to him because he was my boss and i was scared of him so i get him on the phone he goes well how did it wrap up 
I says, well, good news and bad news. He says, well, what's the bad news? And I says, well, the scores are a little bit high. We had a few more 300s today. How many? I says, I think there was five. But uh, I says, the good news is uh, one guy had three of them. And he goes, really? One guy had three 300s? I says, yeah, they were the last three to win the tournament. He goes, no, that's impossible. And I says, don't worry. I says, it's not going to be a world record. I says, because it was the last three games and there was a practice in between, you know, the, the next to last game. And so that disqualifies it from being a world record because you can't have practice in between. He says, that doesn't make any difference to me. Who was it? <laughs> I says, Dave Bowles. He goes, Dave Bowles? Wow. He says, talk to this man. So he hands the phone off and this guy says, hello? And I says, uh, who is this? He says, this is uh, Larry Bowles, Dave's dad. I go, he just bowled 900. And I hear the yelling in the background and everything. I was off the hook because Ted Hoffman was eating dinner with your dad. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want you to lose your job over that because it's just crazy how everything, everything came together. The guys are shaking my hand after it. About the fifth or sixth guy walks down and he goes, "Wow, 900!" And he and he popped the bubble, the zone that I was in. I go, "What?" I go, "I go, no, no." And he goes, "Yeah." He goes, and "I go, no." And then all of a sudden, I was like, "What did I just do?" <laughs> crazy. It was crazy. crazy, and you know, there's a lot more to it. I want to <laughs> I want to get that in before we run out of time because sure. not only was all that weird stuff going on, Halloween costumes, 900s recoating the lanes before you're even supposed to do it. Uh, the next morning, I remember getting up and I run down to the newspaper stand. I want to see if it's reported or not because, you know, bowling never gets any any kind of publicity. And there's not a word in there. But I'm reading and I, I see this one article about how that night before on Sunday night at the Humane Society, the dogs were going crazy. Uh, the nice little dogs that were calm normally, like the collies and all them, they were trying to climb the fence to get out. But the the pit bulls and all the crazy dogs were just laying there sleeping. That that was really weird. It, and then that was a full moon night. You know, the whole night was a everything was a full moon. And Friday night was the thirteenth. And holy mackerel, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. I'm I'm kind of afraid to fly back east because I got to go to uh, Erie, Pennsylvania for a pre-tournament check, and uh, so the next day I get on the airplane, I fly back, and I got it all timed where I can listen to the World Series uh, while I'm driving from Cleveland to Erie, and I got the the radio station on about five o'clock or so, and all of a sudden the radio goes out, and I'm going, this is crazy, too many crazy things going on. I get to the Bowen Alley, and I find out that was the night of the earthquake in 1989 with the bridge collapsed, and there was like 70 people got killed, 3,000 people were injured. Uh, that was just a culmination of a whole unbelievable weekend, Pards. And uh, give us your final memory of all that. Well, in the, you know, my father's passing just recently, uh, you know, just a couple months ago, uh, I'm I'm honored to be back on your show and relive this. My father is the reason that I ever took up bowling. It's the first thing I ever saw him do. And you know, you get, you know, we all have our heroes, people look up to. Well, we we only have one father, and like I said, 
the fact of seeing him bowl, like, hey, look at him. He's good. You know, here I'm a little four-year-old kid, but all I could see was, wow, that's my dad. He's bowling. That's, that, looks, that looks like fun. And that's how I've continued to uh, bowl, even up to this point in my life. You know, uh, I know you're kind of a crazy guy with numbers and all that. In fact, you've ruined me because you, you are so good with numbers. Uh, you'll usually call me up, you know, on 11-11 or something like that. Or, uh, <laughs> in fact, nowadays, every time I look at a clock be, because of you, uh, uh, it's 12-34, you know, every time, morning and night. It, it's one, two, three, four. And I got to call you and tell you about it. You just laugh, you know, so... You know, tell you the truth, uh, I think you know this. A couple of months ago, I wanted to do this show, you know, in memory of that uh, that occasion. That was October, but your dad passed away, and we weren't able to schedule it. But you know what? He's listening right now, and he's loving it, man. <laughs> so Amen. I believe Thank in you. all that kind of stuff. And, and your, how's your mom doing, Pards? She's doing good. She's doing good. Thank you for asking. I got to tell you, man, this, that was, uh, I've seen a lot of bowling. I've been around a long time and that's in the top three things I've ever seen. Uh, it's probably got the biggest effect on me because the other two great things I've seen over my career was fabulous things also, but I, I get a tear in my eye every time this one happens because that was just so close. I mean, I was sitting right next to you when you bowled the last game and I tell you the calmness that you showed was, unbelievable and uh it'll be something that'll live on forever my friend appreciate that appreciate you lynn <laughs> all right my friend well phantom fans that's going to wrap up the show for this week and three-part series with dave bowles and we're out of time and we look forward to talking to all of you again next week have another great guest to talk to and i want to thank our sponsors storm bowling and brad edelman from the high roller and also a good friend of ours who is now a new sponsor, Dave Kowalski. He's the bowling guru from Michigan, and he's going to be helping me start a new thing the first of the year. It's going to be the Phantom Radio Junior Bowlers Club. We'll have a lot more information as we go along. But from Phantom Radio, this is the Phantom. When you're down and troubled you need some love and care and nothing well nothing is going right close your eyes and think of me 